0: go back to Genesis. I'm not going to read a passage of Scripture, but I want to talk about the two trees in the garden. How many trees in the garden? There were two trees in the garden. There was two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Now, on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the forbidden fruit. God said, don't eat of the fruit of that tree, because if you eat of it, you shall surely die. Not notice God didn't say, if you eat of it, I'm going to kill you. There's a big difference. He said, if you eat of the fruit of that tree, you shall surely die. In other words, the fruit of that tree is poisonous. And the reason why it was forbidden because that fruit has the power to destroy your life. Now, now, why? Some people go, why did God put two trees in the garden? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Why two? Why, why did He make us choose? You know, why couldn't He have just eliminated the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Well, here's the deal. There could be no freedom to obey unless there was a freedom to disobey. I'll say that again. There's no freedom to obey God unless there's a freedom to disobey. There's no freedom to worship unless there's a freedom not to worship. I mean, no, it wouldn't be much of a relationship if we just had no other option. A relationship is a relationship because you choose to relate. And it was Paul who said, He said this, he said, the power of sin is found in the law. That's because that's where we derive our knowledge of good and evil. You've got to stay with me a little bit tonight. This is all setting you up for something. Uh, See, what you've got to understand is, is the fruit on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil would destroy you because it's from the knowledge of good and evil we actually get our understanding as to what is right and what is wrong. But you've got to understand, some are going, well, what's the big deal with that? Well, the big deal with that is, is when you're focused on what's wrong and what's right, you're distracted from the source of life. You're distracted from the place where life flows from. Uh, the knowledge of good and evil is not bad just simply because it excites evil in us and we might want to do evil. The knowledge of good and evil is is also a remedy for us to justify ourselves for doing right. See, See, the knowledge of good and evil either drives us one way or the other. It either drives us into legalism And saying, look how good I am, because I've obeyed all the rules. Or it drives us in the other direction, which is lawlessness. Where it doesn't matter. So it drives us one way or the other. Legalism or lawlessness. And both are as bad as the other. See, so often, uh, too many people are asking wrong questions. Wrong questions. You know, it's like, oh, well, what's the minimum I need to do to become a Christian? Dumb question. You know, uh, how do I get in? You know, uh, you're already in. Uh, What keeps me in? Well, what keeps you in is your faith and your trust in the finished work of Jesus, not your good behavior. Not your good behavior. It's what Christ has accomplished. So, so, so the, the wrong question is what keeps me in. You know, wrong question is, well, how far can I go to the edge without falling over? You know, how far can I go and still be a Christian? Dumb question. Just saying, dumb question. It's not what keeps me in. The question is, what's gonna draw me closer? because that's where life is. See, when your life is governed by the edges, you're, you're it's all about legalism and lawlessness. What, 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 am I good? Or am I bad? Good, bad, good, bad. You know, it's like, good, that's wrong. Because all the time you're focused on whether good, bad, You're missing out on what God has for you. You're not taking hold of the opportunity to draw closer and more in love with Him. It was good for us that Jesus instructed us to judge people according to their fruit. Look at the fruit of their life. Because that shows what's happening. How How many know a parrot can be taught to say and do the right things? I don't know if you realize this. Even Satan appeared as an angel of light. He quoted scripture. He did a whole lot of stuff, and so, so so we can appear. You know, this is why Christianity is more than turning up to church on a Sunday. It's about a living relationship that we're called to live out day in. And day out, I don't know about you, but I don't want this ever to just drift into a religious, a religious obligation. I don't want this to just ever drift into a, a club or or something that we're part of. No, this is the house of God. This is the gateway to heaven. This is where we can encounter God's love in a way like we can't encounter it anywhere else. Yeah, I know I'm on Monday, but there's something powerful when the people of God gather together. It's in that place the Bible says God inhabits or He sits among. He sits among the praises of His people. And I don't know about you, but I'm more hungry for Jesus than I've ever been. I've been a Christian a long time, but I want to draw closer. I want to draw closer. I want to know everything that God has for my life. Come on, is there any person in this place who wants all of God? Come on, I'll say that again. Is there anybody here who wants all of God? God's not impressed by us conforming to the letter. It's only our attachment and relationship with Him that brings forth life and brings forth freedom. Now, now, back in the beginning, the first thing God did was He spoke the world into being and, and He brought forth light. Now, now, the very next thing He did was He separated the light from the darkness. Because there can't be any cohabitation between the two. He separated light from darkness. you got to understand, when somebody is born again of the Spirit of God, God automatically begins to separate light from the darkness in their life. It's like when you got saved, you, you began to realize you couldn't do some of the stuff that you used to do. And, and not feel guilty over it. Why? Because God, the moment you're born again of the Spirit of God, God came in and He wanted to separate the darkness from the, the light from the darkness. But Here's the problem. As we go forward, it's, it's like we miss this. And, and we try and outwork this God deal in our own strength. Not understanding that God's given us the Holy Spirit so that we don't have to live in darkness. Now, now uh, I've spent a lot of time over recent years at the playground, because I've had young kids. And how many like the playground? The playground. As a parent, I like the playground because it occupies kids' attention. <laughs> yeah, apart from when they're on the playground, dad, dad, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you're trying to read the newspaper and look at them at the same time. Uh, playground, but how many know there's some dangerous things at the playground? Uh, you can hurt yourself at the playground. Come on, how many have ever hurt themselves at the playground? You know, you can do some damage, you can break some arms, you can hurt yourself at the playground. It's just like life. Hey, we're believers in Jesus, we've got this playground. But how many know we still can hurt ourselves if we're not careful? Now, I just, uh, I'm going to see how this works, but for the sake of it, I just want to hang this message on, on, on the thought of, uh, of this playground and, and what's some dangerous things that we need to avoid as believers in the playground. So, so you ready for this? I don't know how it's going to go. Pray for me right now. So Holy Spirit, anoint them, and uh, hopefully we'll all go away from this place with something tonight. Okay, the first thing that you need to avoid in the Christian playground, now you're a believer of Jesus, is you need to avoid the slide. You need to avoid the slide. Because once you're a believer in Jesus, you don't want to backslide. Well, that's deep right there. Second Peter says, there's a people who have known a way of righteousness, but then they got entangled with sin again. And because they got entangled with sin, they end up in a worse off place than where they were before. How many know once you've invited Jesus into your life, there's no going back to your old life? In fact, if you try and go back, you're not just going to be back where you were, you're going to be in a worse off place. That's why you've got to avoid the slide. Now, and now, one of the roles of Satan is he's the accuser of the brethren and he's out there to kill our life and uh, the way he tries to do that is getting us entangled with sin now, 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 sin will destroy your life, but here's the, the thing with sin. Whoever said sin wasn't fun hasn't done it properly. <laughs> Just saying. Sin masks itself as a whole lot of fun. Do this. You know, involve yourself in that. How many know you can have a whole lot of fun sinning? Come on, are there any sinners in the room? Please don't get more excited about that than Jesus. But, but it, it, we wouldn't sin if it wasn't enticing. Uh, we wouldn't sin unless there was something captivating about it. Yeah, You know, I mean, no, going down a slide is fun. Yeah, but, but the thing about going down a slide is you've got to ask what's at the bottom. Because on the way down, yeah, whoa, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, you've got to consider the end before you jump on it. As the saying goes, sin will take you farther than you want to go, it'll keep you longer than you want to say, and cost you more than you want to pay. I'll say that again. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to say, and cost you more than you want to pay. Oh, what a sin. What a sin, some of you go, well, I'm alright, I'm not a sinner. Well, here's what sin is. Sin simply means to miss the mark. Mr. FIA bow and arrow had a target. Yeah, you know, and I missed the mark by this much. How I many no, I still miss the mark. Doesn't matter if I missed it by this much or this much. And so many people categorize sin. But sin is simply to miss the mark. And Jesus said the wages of sin is death. Yeah, that's why none of us can be self-righteous. If we missed it by this much or by this much? Come on, how many have missed the mark just in this last week? Yeah, you know, if you don't realize it, listen to what James says sin is. James chapter 4 verse 17, he says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. Wow. What you mean? If I know what to ought to do, I ought to do and not do it, I'm actually sinning. I'm not just procrastinating. Oh, sorry, was that a little bit too cold? But that is sin. It means to miss the mark. No, prayerlessness is a sin. we're going to refuse to be sin's slave. Now, now, when you go in your Bible, if you go in your Bible or device or whatever you got to go to Romans chapter 6, let's go to Romans chapter 6, uh, because this is where I really want to launch from. Romans 6, we're going to read about eight verses from here. Romans 6, 6 First, it says, now we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. How many are grateful for that? Uh, That when you're a believer, sin loses its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Now, let's jump down to verse 12. Jump down to verse 12. It says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. We all have But it says, don't give in to them. Uh, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. Come on, this is cool. Yeah, I'm not here to condemn you. Yeah, we're all sin. Yeah, we're all unworthy. But here's the deal, until you're dead to sin, you never can be alive to God. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you're dead, but now you have a new life. So use your body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin, some of us need need to right now declare this to the devil. Sin is no longer my master. Can can we all say that out loud tonight? Sin is no longer my master. For you no longer live under the requirement of the Lord. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You can cheer right there if you get excited by this. Right, listen to this. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Because we're under grace. Paul goes, Of course not, idiot. I added the idiot part. Uh, Listen, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? So in other words, how you live out and the choices you make, you ultimately become a slave to whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose God, choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. No. pretty clear. Choose sin, death. Choose God, life. Not a hard choice. It's not difficult. Thank God. Once you're slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey the teaching He's been given you. Uh, he, we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. You have become, listen to this, you've become slaves. You've become slaves to righteous living. In other words, you can't live how you used to live. You've become slaves of righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Here's what he says. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness so that you will become holy. My, my, my big concern in many places is that people come to Jesus to get forgiven of their past. But they haven't come to Jesus and said, I want to be a slave. I, I want to be a slave to righteous living. That's what, here, verse 20, when you're slaves to sin, you're free from obligation to do what's right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, the things that end in eternal doom, but now you are free from the power of sin and become slaves to God. Now do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to say, if you're a believer in Jesus, there's no going back. There's no going back. You want to stuff up your life? Don't devote yourself wholeheartedly. Get entangled in things that you used to do. Become Man, it's gone real quiet. <laughs> Become a slave. Avoid the slide. Avoid the slide. Second thing that you've got to avoid in the playground is the merry-go-round. Man, how many hate those things that spin? Why would you go on a ride to get dizzy? Some of you are dizzy enough as it is. Yeah, you know, it's like here, here's the thing that will make you dizzy. Yeah, you know, the slide sin drifts you away. The second is your flesh. Yeah, you know, your flesh, you you sometimes is the greatest obstacle to living the life that God's called you to. The flesh, one person said, is the path, and you may not want to write this down, is the path of least resistance. The flesh, the flesh is governed by your feelings. How no, our feelings lie to us all the time, and if we live our life by our feelings, uh, we're going to continually be a victim of our circumstance. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians five seventeen. He says, "For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary." to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, how many have found themselves doing stuff that they regret doing? Go on, some of us just even last week, we don't do the things we wanna do. It's simply because we haven't put to death the flesh. See, if a Christian doesn't understand this, it's gonna put them in a tailspin. Uh, You're gonna be stuck on a spinning wheel and that isn't fun. You know, it's, uh, I get amazed at how many people respond to an altar call. You know, here's the deal, you can come to an altar call, you may have an addiction in your life, I can pray for you, I can break the power of that spirit over your life. But here's the deal, if you don't fill that space, you don't renew your mind, what you're just released from will come back to you, even in a greater measure. And you'll find yourself being addicted to altar calls, but not changing. Because you haven't put to death your flesh, and your flesh will keep you spinning in cycles. And the devil doesn't mind you coming on every single altar call as long as you remain the same. Because if you remain the same, there'll be a point where you go, this doesn't work. I'm still the same person. No, here's the deal. You need to die to your flesh. You need to start engaging your spirit and listen to the spirit of God. Is that a good word right there? Great word, great word, right? Okay. So so what do we got to avoid? We've got to avoid the slide. We've got to avoid the merry-go-round. The The next one that we need to, Avoid is the, the seesaw. The seesaw, the seesaw. You know, other names for seesaw are teeter tota, or tilting board. I don't know what that is, tilting board. But how many know you can do a, a lot of damage on the seesaw? A lot of damage, especially if you're on it with somebody you can't trust. Come on, how many have been up high? I need to the other person walk off. <laughs> you can do it. Do you know the seesaw? You've got to avoid it because, here, if you're on the seesaw, you're on one side, but the world is on the other side. The world. And the world has opinions on everything. And the world, where well, have you been hot one moment and cold the next? The world is fickle. You know, the world across our media, everybody says, well, who's everyone? Oh, oh, they say, oh, they are saying. I found a big they is two or three. But yeah, we think they is everyone. And they say, the expert, who are the experts? Our oh, science says, I get frustrated today because you read the newspaper and you read that this causes cancer. And then the next week, yeah, they'll tell you something different. And science, though, it proves both. So who's right? You know, there's science that disproves science. So what is science? I believe in science. No, I believe in God. See, you can't put your trust in the world, You can't put your trust. Otherwise, you're just getting on the seesaw. And the seesaw, it'll be like, yeah, this is fun. Bang! It will try and get you to go after things that have no meaning and no purpose. Do you know, it's the cares of this world that choke the Word of God in your life. Some of you right now, your your focus is a house, your focus is a new car, your focus is a career, your focus is everything else but God. And you can be in an environment where you hear the Word of God, but, but if your focus is everything else, that all those other things, they will choke the Word of God in your life. Choke its ability to produce. Come on, your name and say, don't choke. Uh, uh, don't choke. Some of you, are, uh, uh, you, you choke. You know, if you're up and down in your faith. Yeah, you know, some of you, you're up and down in your faith. It's because you're too concerned. You're on the seesaw. You're too concerned what others are saying. The enemy wants to do everything he can to create distance between you and God. He, he wants to do everything he can to create distance between you and God. I, okay, we've got, we got Adam on the back road downstairs. Stand up, Adam. Stand up, Adam. He wasn't prepared for this. Everyone look at Adam. Adam's an awesome dude. You know, God's, uh, give Adam a big hand. Now, now, here, here's, here's, here's the thing. Is there's a bit of distance between me and Adam. Yeah, a bit of distance. Now, say so I'm Jesus and Adam's Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's just for the sake. Okay, now, now there's a bit of distance. When you're at a distance, it's easy to get distracted. Uh, real easy to get distracted. I want Barry. Barry, can you stand up? Barry, uh, and Orangi, can I, can I get you to stand up as well? Okay, we'll, we'll go on this line. Okay, now I want you guys to start dancing. Can you two start dancing? Yeah. Not you, Adam, these two. Yeah, look at these guys. Yeah. Come on, give them a big hand. I reckon they'll stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Now, here's the thing distance cuz there's distant it's easy to get distracted it's easy for something yeah you know, it's easy for something to come in between and when you stand at a distance then you get distracted what you do is you then disconnect or you become disinterested so another, I could walk off stage those guys could keep dancing, and Adam I didn't even know. Because he's entertained by these two other guys. <laughs> There's a disinterest, and then what happens is you disconnect. But you didn't realize that the distance was the thing that started it in the first place. You guys can take your seat. That's why it's so important that we don't allow anything to come in between us and God. Do I get an amen? Amen. If I could have the musicians up. Last one, last one, last one. Yeah, one of the go-tos in the playground. So uh, what have we got to avoid? We've got to avoid the slide, which Australians call the slippery dip. (laughs) It's just Australians, man. They need some help. Pray, pray, pray. Okay, and then, and then we've got so the slide. Then we avoid the merry-go-round, and then we avoid the. Okay, now this is you go to. You go to on the playground is the swing. The swing, swing, swing. Ed got excited about that. The swing is amazing how many remember learning how to swing on a swing? First thing on a swing you had was somebody pushing you. Pushing you. you know, push me, Dad. Keep pushing. Man, i got to teach this kid to do it for himself. I want to read the newspaper. I don't want to sit here pushing the kid all the time. How how, how many know the aim of a swing is to go higher? It's not just the motion. Yeah, the motion. It's actually to go higher. Uh, But the quality of a swing is determined by its anchor. The anchor points, what what it's hooked up to, where its center is. That that determines the quality. You get that wrong? The center wrong, man, you could go face first into the ground. Yeah. You, know, you get that wrong? The swing might break. The anchor is really important. That's why you've got to anchor it in Jesus. Here's the deal: God wants you to go higher. Now, in teaching a kid to swing, so often you know you teach them to swing. And they see they see the the um the motion you know of what do you do you're there and then you, you know teaching a kid to swing it's are often on a swing they go they're learning and they go but they're not moving anywhere why because there's no weight shift there, there, there's not nothing it's just if you're gonna teach a kid to swing you're gonna teach them to lean back and you've got to teach them to push forward you don't go higher unless you lean back come on I'm a pro here and you push forward come on everybody right now practice this I want you to lean back and I want you to push forward come on lean back and push forward do you know And now walk with God You don't go higher unless you learn to lean back into the faithfulness of God. Lean back into His goodness. Lean back into His grace. Lean back. Come on. We need to lean back. But it doesn't just stop there. You need to lean back, but then you need to push forward. And you need to push forward in faith. You need to push forward, believing. You need to push forward, believing that God can do the impossible in your life. You gotta lean back. Whoa, not fall over, and you gotta push forward. You gotta lean back. Come on, right now. Come on, somebody. You need to pray. To. You need to lean back. Whoa, whoa. I've almost lost it, and you need to push forward. You need to push forward. See God right now is looking for some believers. You know, when you stuff up, you just don't lean back. Yeah, God will forgive you. Let's not just lean back and go, I'm forgiven. I'm no longer a slave of sin. Let's push forward and become a slave of righteousness, of right living, See, that takes faith because I can't live the life that God's called me to in my own strength. By myself, I'll keep sinning. But if I lean back into God and I know His forgiveness and His goodness and I push forward in faith, believing in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I can overcome those things that held me back. I can be a different person. I can see the change that God wants to bring in my life. Come on, hey, everybody, you got to lean back. Everyone lean back and you got to push forward. Come on, lean back and, and push forward. Come on, we're going higher right now as a church. Some of you have been in the same place for too long. Some of you had your legs moving, but you aren't going higher. I want to declare over a quick his church, come on, we're gonna soar with Jesus. Come on, we're gonna soar with Him. Come on, we're gonna soar with Him. We're gonna soar in the Spirit. We're gonna soar in His strength. We're gonna soar in this power. Oh, how about standing up right where, yeah, uh, most of you are standing already. That's cool. That's cool, some of you got excited by that. I did too. Church is an exciting place when the Spirit of God's at work. Come on, you can't change yourself. Only God can change you. That's why we need to come to Him. Come on, that thing that's frustrating you, that's condemning you, that thing that's lying to you. Come on, tonight, can we say, done. Sin is no longer my master. Come on, everybody, shout that out. Sin is no longer my master. It's not, I'm a slave of righteousness. Come on, how many want to become slaves of righteousness? There's only two choices, friend slave of sin, slave of righteousness. Righteousness gives you options, sin controls you. I really believe the Holy Spirit is here because. His heart is for you. He's seen your struggle. He's seen your pain. You come to church. But you're frustrated. Because on the outside, you're doing everything right, but nothing's shifting. I want to declare a major shift in this place tonight. I really believe I went through this. You know, some of you, it's like, how little can I do and still be called a Christian? How far can I go with my boyfriend, girlfriend? Do I need to tithe? Dumb question. It's all about the age. Do I need to attend an e-group? You want to be in fellowship when you're a slave of righteousness. Oh, do I need to come to church every week? It's like, why wouldn't you? When when God's got your heart, you want to be where He is. And some of us, oh, oh, you know, it's, it's just stupid stuff. We wanna be part of anything that's gonna bring us closer to Him, that's gonna draw us to His heart and His goodness. Come on, there needs to come a shift. Stop living from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a tree of life. There's a tree of freedom. Come on, there's a tree of joy. A harvest of right living. A harvest of right living. Yeah, you may have done it, but you don't need to become it. Come on, if you want to become a slave of righteousness, I want you to lift your hands right across this place. If you want to make a commitment tonight to say, I'm not going back. It's a new day. Come on, I want you to throw your hands up in the air. And I want you to begin to call out to Jesus. Come on, I want you to lift. We can just-